what is Cafe Mocha? Cafe Mocha is experts, celebrities. What's up? This is Belbit DeVoe. You're truly Idris Elba. This is Fantasia. This is Invo. This is India Ari. So much more. All from a woman's perspective. What flavor are you, baby? This is Cafe Mocha. Hip hop is celebrating its 50th anniversary, and there's a big concert past the mic show going on at Radio City Music Hall coming up in July. Starring Big Daddy Kane, our guest, Big Daddy Kane. I'm Angelique, along with Lonnie Love and Yo-Yo. What's up, Lonnie? You know, a lot has been happening. Um, We uh, recently had two representatives from the uh, Tennessee uh, House to be ejected. It actually was three um, that uh, because of that uh, terrible shooting in Nashville, uh, these three representatives actually... Um, did a protest, and according to the Tennessee state law um, in the House, it is wrong for them to protest. So they were uh, formally ejected. They had to come back and do a vote. One was a white woman. They let her back in, but the two black representatives, Representative um, Pearson and Representative Jones, were um, expelled, and it caused a lot of chaos um, they were eventually put back in. They were voted back in. and um, But instead of what the GOP tried to do was to expel them, it actually gave them a national platform. It sure did. And it was just lovely to see that these two brothers are standing up for something. And they're standing up for rights. And the reason why I'm bringing this up to you ladies is because there is you when we say to look at voting on your state level this is why it's important to understand Mm -hmm. not only just national but also on the state level those state level policies are just as important especially when it comes to your state because it'll affect you and the reason why i bring that up is because in missouri we had the shooting of ralph yarl who it Mm -hmm. was a 16 year old boy who, and, and I, you know, if you don't know about it, 16-year-old boy went to the wrong home looking for his two, uh, to pick up his two siblings. Hmm. An 84-year-old white man uh, came to the door, shot him in the head. As he hmm. fell on the ground, on the ground, he shot him again. Mm-hmm. He ran, it, it, and he was in this neighborhood. He got up and ran and couldn't find help until he went to the third door. And, and even when he got help, then that person told him to get on the ground, put his hands. And he basically got on the ground because he passed out. Now he was in the hospital for a few days. Uh, thankfully he is back home recovering. But the reason why I bring that up is because in Missouri, um, there was some talk about the charges. The, um, prosecutor gave charges and there were two felony charges, but it wasn't for attempted murder. And the reason why is because according to Missouri law, the felony that this prosecutor gave was the highest felony he could give. He couldn't give attempted murder. And he also couldn't give a hate crime because he said if he would have made it a hate crime, it would have been a lower felony charge. So now I say that to say that in New York, There was a young, uh, there were a group of uh, people that drove into the wrong driveway. They were trying to turn around and they drove into the driveway. This 65 year old white man shot at the car, 
killing one young white woman. The, this is the New York State. She was shot and killed. Now, they charged this man with attempted murder. Why? Because in that state, in New York, that's a different type of law that the policy is that if you shoot, you kill, it's gonna be attempted murder. So I, I posted all of this on my IG because we sometimes believe in our community that our vote doesn't matter, that our voice doesn't matter. And when I say the, the thing about voting is that they put this system in place because they knew that a lot of us don't want to vote, that we yeah. don't believe in a system. Well, I've given you three examples of you paying attention to what your state is doing, the policies that they're doing, and you have at least that one vote. Not only you having that one vote, but you also can encourage other people and 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 say, hey, if this is a policy you don't think is right, like stand your ground, you don't yep. think that that is right or there needs to be certain things in, in place, then you have a right to be able to say, no, I don't think it's right. And so we have to just pay attention because there are things that's happening and we want to sit here and, and, and get mad at the after fact of, oh, why didn't they, you know, charge the guy with attempted murder? The prosecutor did the best that he could based on a policy. So you really have to pay attention to your state, your state vote, just as much as you pay attention to the national vote. It is mm -hmm. just as important. So that's what I wanted mm. to say. That's Lonnie's soapbox for today. <laughs> I love it. I love Thank the soapbox. Oh, my goodness. Coming up on Cafe Mocha, Big Daddy Kane. Here's your dose of espresso. Strong, hot news now. This is the espresso. Don Lemon was already on thin ice at CNN, but this interview debating an Indian man about being black in America may have been the final straw. You are sitting here telling an African-American about the rights and what you find insulting, about the, the, the way I live, the skin I live in every day. Here's and where I you and I have the a freedoms point that of black view. and white, that black people don't have in this he, country here, and that black people do have. It's going to be Biden versus Trump again, but how does America feel about that? 70% of Americans say the president should not seek another term, including 51% of Democrats. Six in 10 Americans, including a third of Republicans, say former President Donald Trump should not run again either. And our favorite first lady, Michelle Obama, is back with a Netflix special hosted by Oprah. So you told Gail that in 30 years of marriage, 10 of them, you couldn't stand your husband. Exactly. And then, you know, and people are like, oh, my God. Yes. The Light We Carry now streaming on Netflix. That's the espresso. Morlani. It's Cafe Mocha. It's Cafe Mocha on the line, Angelique, Lonnie Love, and we have the honor of speaking to one of the greatest MCs of hip hop. Yes. Welcome to Cafe Mocha. Big Daddy came. <laughs> hey, what's happening? Oh, July 21st, you'll be at Radio City Music Hall for Pass the Mic. Hip hop is turning 50 years this year. You know, Big Daddy Kane, when you first started out, did you see rap becoming the massive industry that it has become? Yeah, I mean, um, I actually did, you know, because the bad rap that rap was taking was pretty much the same as rock and roll did in the 50s. And you saw what became of that. So I felt that the same thing was happening, you know, rebellious style of music that an older generation couldn't really adapt to was you know coming into formation and i think that's pretty much what's happening what i didn't realize was that um the effect that hip-hop would have on other music genres 
Mm. Where now all of a sudden, you know, um, country music, rock, pop, mm-hmm. the blues, they feel like they need to incorporate hip hop in their genre. That's crazy to me. I hear some some uh, country music that sounds like it could be a Drake song. <laughs> right. <laughs> Man, yeah, you, yeah it, it's, it's bananas, you know, I mean, and, um, Taylor Swift, you know, like, you know, like moving like a thug and stuff. And it's, yeah, it's, it's bananas you to see what's happening. But I love it. I mean, you know, the, the way hip hop has influenced every part of the culture from the way we dress to the music, you know, let's go back um, when you first started. It's like, you know, how did you develop your style and what was and what gave you your influences when you first started? Uh, well, when I first started, uh, you know, I pretty much only heard other MCs around Brooklyn and um I, um, you know, I was really just writing battle rhymes to go and compete against other rappers. But the thing that changed my life was when I heard Grandmaster Kaz from the Cold Crush Brothers. Mm. First time I heard him rhyme, I was like, oh, this dude is phenomenal. And he talking that stuff. They talk inside the barbershop in the pool hall. So I'm like, you know, yeah, I, I really need to study this dude. It's Cafe Mocha, Angelique, Lonnie Love, Yo-Yo on the line. Big Daddy Kane, we're celebrating 50 years of hip-hop. He'll be on Pass the Mic July 21st at Radio City Music Hall. Let's talk about it. How excited are you? Because I know I love watching it. Oh, my You know, BET, I mean, (laughs) it's a great idea. But to do this live, how exciting is that? Well, I mean, I think it's going to be a lot of fun, you know, to share the stage with so, so, so. So many different artists. Um, you know, lots of times you go on tour and you share the stage with anywhere from like five to eight different artists. But I mean, I think this is going to be like a whole enormous amount of talent all on one stage at one night. And to think that, you know, this is the same place that um, wouldn't let Roy Jones walk through the ring walk with the Rockettes because mm. he had Meth and Redman. And now they're embracing hip hop now. Mm-hmm. You know? wow. it's, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. So have you been practicing any new steps? I mean, I know everybody <laughs> knows for you, you for your smooth, uh, you know, style, your smooth flow uh, and the dance. Are you practicing anything or, have, you know, are, are you just how, what, what's your preparation for this show? You know, honestly, if I thought that I could get away with the, the with the five inch heels, I'd do that drop to the floor <laughs> like you be doing. <laughs> 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 Five inch. What you talking yeah. about? She be wearing biscuit heels. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, well, whatever the five six, whatever those those big heels is, when she be dropping to the floor, you know. I'll be uh, like, yeah, yeah. Oh my goodness. You know, they damn sure can't play with your yo yo. Go ahead. <laughs> that, 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 that's right. Well, okay. We are so excited because hip hop, like you said, I mean, you know, some arguably say that it's more than fifty years of hip hop, but the fact that we get a chance to celebrate 50 years of hip hop, I mean, Radio City, Music Hall, I mean, just the fan base has not stopped. You are consistently working. How does it feel to just be a legend in a game that you've helped pay the way for? I mean, it's, it's, it's a blessing, you know? I mean, you know, 
it used to be like, you know, shocking, you know, to come outside and hear people screaming, ah, Big Daddy Kane, Big Daddy Kane. But I mean, 30 plus years later, to have someone say, man, your music got me through college. Mm -hmm. Your music got me through Desert Storm. Mm -hmm. You know, your music got me through um, a a rough breakup. I mean, I think that that's that's what makes it important. That's what really, really counts. You did. What, what, how did you come up with the name Big Daddy Kane? I mean, it came from two different things. Um, the Kane part was um, <laughs> the, old, the old TV show um, Kung Fu with David Carradine. Like when I was a little kid, you know, we'd be outside playing red light, green light, or yeah. um, um, red rover, red rover. And, you know, when it's time when a karate kung fu theater or uh, that TV show Kung Fu come on, you know, I'm out the game. I'm going to watch TV. Because I was just a big, you know, martial arts buff. Mm-hmm. And then Big Daddy just was part of the cane part. Um, we'll um, um, that the, the Big Daddy part actually come from um, uh, a character Vincent Price played in one of those beach party movies with Annette Funicello and Frankie Avalon. But I mean, we'll go d- deep into detail of that on, when this airs on your YouTube channel. Got it. This is, you know. <laughs> Rolling, Rolling Stone ranked your song Ain't No Half Step in number 25 on the list of the 50 greatest hip hop songs of all time, calling you a master wordsmith. This is not to be taken lightly. I mean, you are historic when we say 50 years of hip hop and you are part of that. And I know that you say you feel that you are blessed. But I want to get nosy. When did you get your first big check and what you spent on it? <laughs> and I don't even remember. Um, probably a car. I, I can't even. Or I can't remember at this point. Probably a car. I don't. I don't. I don't remember. Now you know it was like Big Daddy Kane, Dougie Fresh, Rakim, Slick Rick. I mean, it's like, and you all are still doing it to this day. But back in that time, I mean. Did you guys work together? Was it friendly competition? Like, what was the energy like, Big Daddy? Yeah, I mean, like, like, like I was saying earlier, we all, you know, share the stage. It would be anywhere from like five to six, I mean, five to eight different artists, you know, on on the same tour. Um, and you know, that it wasn't always just you know just East Coast artists. You know, um, I remember um, Easy E opening up the um, Bring the Noise tour for Public Enemy. I remember NWA being on LL tour. So, I mean, it was on um, Ghetto Boys a lot of dates, you know. So, I mean, it was all across the board with, um, you know, so many different amazing artists. And we all, well, the thing I like is we all had our own unique style. No one really sound the same. Everybody mm-hmm. had their unique style and their own thing. What you think about the rap today? <laughs> well, you know, um, right now, um, hip hop is, you know, rap is, rap is a corporate thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I say hip hop. Rap is a corporate thing. And, you know, but like any corporation, you know, what happens is, you know, um, quantity comes in and quality goes out because of the need for mass production. And, you know, that's what that's what it is, you know, b- you know, big business. And I think that there, even though, you know, um, there's an algorithm to this that, you know, it seems that everyone is sticking to and it hasn't changed. I do believe that there's some amazing amazing talent out there shout out to j cole shout out to kendrick shout out to lady london shout mm. out to rap city shout out to benny the butcher conway the machine a lot of amazing talent out there 
Definitely. It's Cafe Mocha on the line. Big Daddy Kane, Pastor Mike, July 21st, Radio City Music Hall. The one-night event will feature 25 hip-hop icons, including Big Daddy Kane, Dougie Fresh, Rakim, Slick Rick, many others. Now, you recently did an episode of The Equalizer with Queen Latifah. Let's talk about uh, shooting The Equalizer and how exciting was that? Well, it was so much fun. Because my very first tour, like the very first tour that I headlined back in um, 1990, I believe, 90 or 91, I can't remember. But um, Queen Latifah was one of the artists that I took on it. Took Queen Latifah, um, Digital Underground, Third Base, and MC Light. Um, and like to see where she has elevated and what she's done with her career, I'm just so proud of that sister. Mm-hmm. So, so proud of her. So to um, like be there in the episode that I'm just looking at her like, you know, like, wow, <laughs> look at what, what she's doing, you know, and, and now, now, now I'm working for her. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, this is so dope. It's so dope and beautiful. And I'm just so, so proud of her. And um, I appreciate, you know, her, um, I appreciate them, you know, um, giving me that particular role because, you know, I, I, I hate when people call and ask me to play a rapper or something like that. I've turned down so many roles like that. So to actually play um, the head of a motorcycle gang, I thought was amusing and um, something different. And I, and I, I really, you know, enjoy doing it. Well, will your character be coming back? Will we see him again? Well, hopefully. I didn't tell you what you asked me in the beginning, so hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. You uh, also have a starring role in uh, Bad Dad Rehab back in 2021. Talk about that experience. Yeah. Um, well, first of all, Shout out to Blue Kimball and everyone from the cast. Um, Diane Love, you know, they were so amazing, so down to earth. Everybody was operating like family. Uh, you know, it, it was just amazing. And once again, you know, one of those roles where you don't expect to see Big Daddy Kane playing, you know, the, um, the deadbeat dad just trying to reconnect with my daughter that I didn't want to have nothing to do with. Um, you know, I, I I thought that it was a, a great role to take on. And I, I hope I did a good job with it. I hope people were satisfied. You were. How do you want to be remembered, Big Daddy Kane? I mean, honestly, I just hope that um, something I've done in my lifetime have touched your life in a positive way. You know, just something I've done have touched you in a positive way to, um, I don't know, whether it be just, you know, motivate you to be a better person or motivate you to do more with your life, you know, whatever the case may be, but just something where I've affected you in a positive way. That's all I really can hope for. Well, you affected me because when you made, I go to work, I was going to work. I was exercising (laughs) and motivating me. When I was in college at Freaknik. Thank you. I'm probably going to be on the... (laughs) On the documentary you, you because be of you. Yeah, because of you. Thank you. Thank you, Big Daddy K. <laughs> okay. Well, I, I got to get you. I got to get you one of the get the job done workout shirts. I got to get you one. <laughs> Definitely. How can we keep up with you and, 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 and merchandise and everything? How can we keep up with you? Um, well, I'm um, official Big Daddy Kane across the board. That's um, my Twitter been hat. So um, I'm not going on that anymore. Okay. But um. Instagram, TikTok, official Big Daddy Kane. If you're looking for the tour schedules, you can find that at BigDaddyKane.com. 
And you can find him July 21st at the Radio City Music Hall on Pastor Mike. Big Daddy Kane. Big Daddy. Oh, we love you so much. Happy 50 years of hip hop. And keep doing it, brother. We love you. Yes, we love you. So you're right. Y'all enjoy your best day. Thank, Thank you. you. Big Daddy Kane. You can check him out at the Pass the Mic live show, July 21st, one night only. 25 hip hop icons, including Big Daddy Kane, Dougie Fresh, Rakim, Slick Rick. Tickets on sale now. On the way, we've got David Banner. We're at Cafe Mocha Radio. Announcing the Mocha Podcast Network an innovative lifestyle podcast network featuring conversations from a black perspective curated with respected voices led by actresses and comedians Sherry Shepard and Kim Whitley. We're funny and we have a yes. point of view. We call that edumatainment. That's what we call it. Ed- is that what it is? Veteran TV journalist Rolanda Watts. Shocking the heck out of everybody. The legendary Unky Divas in Vogue. This topic is girl groups in the industry. To syndicated broadcast personalities, Lonnie Love and Dee Dee McGuire, as well as an array of experts and activists. Mocha Podcast Network, a lifestyle destination with authentic voices and perspectives designed to enrich and empower women of color with a unique listening experience. More than a destination, the Mocha Podcast Network is a full-service studio that offers an ongoing portfolio of production, distribution, marketing, guest booking, and most importantly, ad sales. With a unique revenue model for podcasters that includes customized promotional campaigns created specifically around podcaster and targeted audience, service social media promos and pushes, MPN brand advertising, targeted electronic newsletter, experienced sales representation, For advertisers, the Mocha Podcast Network is a safe marketplace to align their brands with trusted voices, organically engaging the highly in-demand female consumer and more. With quality over quantity, from concept to completion, now is the time for content creators and brands to join the innovative Mocha Podcast Network and experience unapologetic conversations with a new perspective. It's Cafe Mocha. It's Cafe Mocha. Angelique, Lonnie Love, and Yo-Yo on the line. David Banner, welcome to the show. Thank you all so, so very much. I appreciate it. I'm honored. You know, David, uh, we just loved being able to honor you. And you did all kind of interviews for Cafe Mocha. And you made headlines, brother, when you said David Banner is tired of the black community being addicted to the approval of white people. (laughs) What did you mean by that? I I Mm. said I'm tired of of us being addicted to the approval of white people. I don't don't know where the first part of, of that quote came from. Yeah, this this the Atlanta black star. And, and you know how they do stuff for clickbait. So that was the yeah. headline. And I was like, that don't sound like David. <laughs> yeah. Like- I, yeah. What, what, what I found is that, um, you know, I think I've been in the media long enough for for people to, to know better. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think one of the problems that I can say is that Black America as a whole we we are we are too connected to white people's approval and how white people feel 
mm-hmm. um, and white people's media. You know, uh, one of the things that I was going to get on Instagram and say today is, and I've been saying this for so long, now, I, I have to be honest with you, I sort of get tired of saying the same things over and over again, but I know that it's necessary, is that, you know, since the murder of Emmett Till, I can't really name one case, you know, up up until someone who probably got murdered, you know, two minutes ago. Has there ever been a case or has there ever been something that we stuck to until the end? And mm. one of the things that I thought about is that if you are a white supremacist, mm-hmm. wouldn't the smartest thing to do to black people, especially since they're so addicted to white media, is just kill somebody else to do something else? Mm. You know, we went we went from being, you know, really close because I think what happens is that our enemies see when we're becoming more conscious. Mm-hmm. Our, our enemies see, I think even before we do, because we don't know our power. I think they know that we're God more than we do. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and I think what ends up happening is closer that we get, you know, somebody else get murdered, then everybody moves to the hottest topic. I think, we have to pick one thing, and 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 a young a couple people got mad at me because I said, you know, if 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 whatever case that has our people attention, if we could stick to that, you know, uh, make an example or get some legislation, whatever it may end up being, because I really don't believe that until you know we do something. Uh, about the murders of innocent, you know, descendants of Africans. Period. Uh, I think it. I think things will never change. But you know, I I I do agree with the fact, and uh, I can believe that I said that we we are too addicted to white people's approval because even with with with, with so-called movements or or when we decide to protest, you know, how can the people that you are protesting against tell you where and when to protest? That's not a protest. That's them mm-hmm. moving you around. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You know, so so I even believe, you know, that the type of person that I am, and I don't expect everybody to be like me. Mm-hmm. Um, usually, usually when 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 white people have something to say about black people, and I may agree with it, then mm-hmm. I just shut up and won't even say nothing. <laughs> or like, let's say if white people are reprimanding someone black. You know, in media, black folks ain't got to add to that. We yeah. feel like we got to add to it. You ain't got to do nothing. They're going to do what they're going to do to us regardless. Right. You know, one of the things that I saw, and I never forget this, they said, you know, when a black person kills a black person, um, black people go to jail regardless. Mm-hmm. You know, if black people do something to white people, they go to jail. So if if you look at regardless of what people say, whether it's black on black crime, black on white, whatever it may end up being, we are always reprimanded. So we don't need any help with anybody doing anything to us. Mm-hmm. Every other race of people do what they want to, to us. And then we do what we want to us, mm-hmm. you know? So for me, even when we are wrong, you ain't, you don't have to say nothing, but it seems like we go out of <laughs> our way show them that we feel the same way that they do. But don't you think, um, David, that part of the reason that we're addicted to this approval is because that's the power structure. I mean, it's like if we had our own stuff and we supported our own stuff, then we would not need the approval 
of the other because we got out. Well, that's, own- well, that's, but th- yeah. that's obvious. That's yeah. obvious, love. But the problem with that, it would only take us to change that overnight. Mm. Like, I mean, literally, like right now, if like, let's not even say this is this. Is, a lot of times we like to use big numbers and big equations. Mm-hmm. It's very simple. I'll give you an example. Um, I sell my clothing on davidbanner.com. Mm-hmm. Um, matter of fact, we're talking all this. Go support a black man, David Banner. Okay, there you go. Um, it only takes, I shoot movies now. We shoot movies. We, we score video games. We, uh, I run a full multimedia company. Mm-hmm. If 20,000 black people, and I've sold millions and produced millions and millions of records. Mm-hmm. I have over, I think, 3.5 million followers across all of my platforms and two of the major platforms I don't even engage in. You know, if 20,000 people bought one of my hoodies from davidbanner.com, it would be $1.5 million. I could shoot any movie that I wanted to. Mm -hmm. You know what, David? We've literally come up together in Mm hip-hop. And I've watched you... Yeah, I've watched you transition, you know, from a Grammy Award winning music producer and recording artist to a philanthropist. What made you change? I remember the change. I'm like, look at David, you know, really standing up and being heard and being vocal. What made you change? What made you say, I just don't want to be this. I want to be that also. Well, I think what happens is is that again, the same way that we are proved to we we are, are addicted to white people's cameras, we are also addicted to the perception or what they forecast uh, about us. Um, if you go back right now and pull up the video like a pimp mm-hmm. and cut the music off and look at the video, we ran the Ku Klux Klan out of Mississippi. I took the nooses off of the tree and threw it back at the camera in the middle of Mississippi. See, the thing that people don't know about me is I've been conscious since the 11th grade. I'm just from one of the most violent cities in the United States to this day. Jackson, Mississippi per capita has always been one of the murder capitals. And and the difference between us and other people in other big cities, uh, you can get away or you can you can go a month without seeing your enemy. Where we from, you can you can barely go seven days. You know, because we, 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 we shop in, at the same grocery stores. Um, mm-hmm. It's only so many high schools. But I, what specifically okay, made you want to change? The thing is, I've always been conscious. It's just that I was poor and angry. If you look at Katrina, if you look at every, anything since the time that I was signed, I've always stood up for black people. If you go back and look at the first time I went uh, on 106 and Park, I talked about Emmett Till. As a matter of fact, Emmett Till's family said I may be the reason why the case was brought back up. The, the thing is, is when I started dressing more like uh, a so-called smart person and I got older, people started seeing it more. But look at Katrina. I threw the largest urban relief concert in history for Katrina. People don't know that and they don't talk about that because I'm from the South and, 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 and I'm a black man that comes from rap. I've always been doing the same exact things, except I was a little bit, uh, I was high and I was drunk. I was angry and I was mean um, because I didn't understand. And I come from Mississippi where that pain 
You know, the, it, uh, Minister Farrakhan told me once, he said, David Banner, if you can help solve racism in Mississippi, it will reverberate around the world. Because to a certain degree, that's what people look at, even though it's not like that. It used to be. That's what people look at when they think of racism in, in America. We are on the line with David Banner. I wanted to ask you, we're dealing with a different generation, mm -hmm. the Gen Z generation. How are you trying to connect? Have you changed your your approach with this new generation, which has their own kind of uh, mindset with trying no, to get them aware? Not, no, no. I mean, it was funny. Um, I was on I was on a breakfast club once and um I, I asked Charlemagne, I was like, Charlemagne, why do these kids uh, gravitate to me, gravitate to me so much? <laughs> because like I you know, I hadn't put out a major, you know, single on the radio in a very long time. I put out music that's very successful, but not radio centered music in a while. And he said something that was so powerful and one of my greatest friends worked for Apple and he said the same exact thing. He said the same way these kids look for drugs, sex, violence, whatever it may end up being on the Internet. A lot of single uh, parent household kids also looking for their fathers. Mm -hmm. So he was like, you, Killer Mike, T.I. He named off about four or five people. Um, and he was like, you guys are their fathers. They're mm -hmm. looking for strong males. Mm -hmm. And he said, you may not know this. He said, but they find you. And I was um, at the BMF screening in Atlanta and somebody told me the same thing. Like you helped raise me, mm. you know? And then my friend from Apple said, he believed that that was true. He said, because James mm -hmm. Evans from good times raised him because wow. his father wasn't in the house. That made me realize that whether people are interacting with you or not, these kids are watching. But the problem is, is so many people talk positivity or they talk consciousness, but it doesn't manifest in real life. One thing that I can say about me is I don't hide uh, my shortcomings from these children. Um, I don't try to uh, pontificate and, and over talk these kids. I let them know. Like, you know, um, the kids are also really, really interested in like my weight loss challenge. Like I've been working on one of the biggest female artists in the world. I've been working, producing her album. And, um, you know, I had just lost about 30 pounds and gained, mm. gained about 36 back. <laughs> and, um, in two weeks, like it took me about three months to lose all that weight, but you know, you know, feeding all the producers, feeding all of the people, you know, I hadn't ate no meat probably in about uh, like close to a year and, you know, um, providing for everybody. And, you know, I got back to drinking in the studio and other extracurricular activities. And I just straight <laughs> up told them, like, you know, I, I fell apart and I'm just going to get back on it. And I just lost six pounds in three days. Like I, I decided I was going to get back on it, cut the drinking out and couple other things I was doing. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that right? <laughs> I would uh, not like the general public to know, especially with me being honest. Still to this day, I people don't know that I have a clinical, I have a clinical anger problem. That's where David Banner comes from, and I think that's the reason why these kids 
relate with me so much because they see in my eyes. I remember um, acting with uh, uh, Terrence Howard, and he said, you're not going to have any problem with acting if you really stick to it and spend time. Because he said, I see the danger in your eye. The real truth is I am all of that. And I see the conflict in black people because that black, that thing that we fight against every day, I fight internally. That's the reason why I go to therapy almost every week, because I am fighting that program that they put in our people. Africans didn't come over here acting like they were programmed for over three generations. So how dare we not be patient with these children? Anytime we point at these children, they are a direct example of what we did or did not teach them. And one of the problems with a lot of these our elders, and no disrespect, our elders are scared to admit that they went with Martin and they didn't go with Malcolm. Mm. And I'm sorry, Preach. and I'm not saying that Malcolm was better than Martin, but what I am saying, we see what we got by going with Martin. We see where we are right now. So how dare we not change anything? Then... Our parents, our direct parents, chased the American dream and then realized at the end that it wasn't for them. So they they end up leaving us in front of video games. Then we benefited from white supremacy because our generation is what we call sort of like the puff generation. And what I mean by that... We were the generation that had the most dispens- uh, disposable income. Yeah, we tried. We tried to dive into that because we 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 saw we saw the uh, uh, short term gain that we could get from it. But what we had done is just like our parents before us. What we don't understand it was never about integration. It was about desegregation, and they tricked us and made us go into integration because we gave up all our power and the ability to teach, uh, uh, house, uh, uh, um, and I said I was going to be short, and, and employ our own people. So one of the reasons why we have to do what they say as it pertains to what's going on medically, when, when people always talk about the shot or no shot, for most people, it don't matter whether you agree with the shot or not, you don't have to do what they say because you don't have any damn power. So at some point, I think some of the stuff that they are doing to us is a blessing because it's going to force us to love, stay by, and protect each other. And I appreciate my award. <laughs> You're welcome. Thank you, David Banner. Amen. Always a pleasure. Thank you for hanging out in ca- hey, at I Cafe Mocha. You. I love you guys. Thank love you. you too. Take care. Congratulations. If you miss any part of the show, just subscribe to the podcast. Go to wherever you listen to podcasts or mochapodcastnetwork.com. Check out the whole show. Until next time, you can find us on all platforms at Cafe Mocha Radio. Cafe Mocha is a production of Miles Ahead Broadcasting in partnership with Compass Media, executive producer Sheila Eldridge. For comments, booking, or more information, visit CafeMochaRadio.com. Announcing the Mocha Podcast Network, an innovative lifestyle podcast network featuring conversations from a black perspective. Curated with respected voices led by actresses and comedians Sherry Shepard and Kim Whitley. We're funny and we have a yes. point of view. We call that edumatainment. That's what we call it. Is that what it is? Veteran TV journalist Rolanda Watts. 
shocking the heck out of everybody. The legendary Unky Divas in Vogue. This topic is girl groups in the industry. To syndicated broadcast personalities, Lonnie Love and Dee Dee McGuire, as well as an array of experts and activists. Mocha Podcast Network, a lifestyle destination with authentic voices and perspectives designed to enrich and empower women of color with a unique listening experience. More than a destination, the Mocha Podcast Network is a full-service studio that offers an ongoing portfolio of production, distribution, marketing, guest booking, and most importantly, ad sales. With a unique revenue model for podcasters that includes customized promotional campaigns created specifically around podcaster and targeted audience, service social media promos and pushes, MPN brand advertising, targeted electronic newsletter, experienced sales representation. For advertisers, the Mocha Podcast Network is a safe marketplace to align their brands with trusted voices, organically engaging the highly in-demand female consumer and more. With quality over quantity, from concept to completion, now is the time for content creators and brands to join the innovative Mocha Podcast Network and experience unapologetic conversations with a new perspective.